Good evening, Demon fans, and welcome back to the Demon Land Podcast. My name is Andy, and Trade Week is almost done and dusted, and time will tell, but I think the D's have pulled off a nice little heist in securing Ben Brown and trading up picks to secure an earlier spot in the draft order. Returning uh, to the podcast tonight is longtime co-host Grape Viney. Good evening, Grape Viney. Good evening, Andy, and uh, good evening to all the Demonlanders out there. And uh, also uh, joining us tonight, long-time uh, caller to the show, Bin Man. Uh, well, not so much a caller anymore. You are a, a co-host. Uh, uh, good evening. How are you? Good evening, Andy. Good evening, Grape Viney. Hello. Uh, good afternoon to uh, the Demonlanders out there listening on this uh, this beautiful afternoon. Oh yeah, it is. It is afternoon. <laughs> I'm so used to uh, evening. Uh, we usually do this at eight thirty, and it is uh, five uh, twenty. So uh, yeah, <laughs> it is an afternoon. Um, and yes, as I said, what a, uh, a, a well, not a massive day of trading for us, but we did get uh, we did get our man in uh, in uh, Ben Brown, and uh, let's uh, let's start talking about that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk, even though uh, the Ben Brown thing uh the ben brown brown trade was the last domino to fall into place but we'll talk about that first because it has uh larger implications for uh the team and um and and uh, and the d's going forward so uh uh we traded we we in came ben brown uh we also received uh pick 28 and a future fourth round pick uh, and uh, that cost us pick 26. So effectively that pick uh, 28 and 26 uh, sort of uh, just uh, sort of nullify each other. Uh, uh, pick 33, which is what we got for Pruce, and uh, a future fourth round pick, which we got from Brisbane from an earlier trade, which we'll talk about later. But uh, I guess what that means is the two future fourth round picks, it all dep- when we talk about who wins the trade, it all depends on uh, where both teams end up next year, but those uh, future fourth round picks are, are usually just uh, sort of junk at the end that they throw in. Uh, a great Viney, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, ben Brown, you're happy to have uh, the big bustling Ben Brown uh, in our team. <laughs> uh, big bustling sideshow Bob, I think they call yes. him, isn't it? Um, His hair does uh, resemble him. Look, if you've got to be jumping up and down about this, I'd don't see how anyone can think that this is um, bad news um, just on the player alone, let alone what we paid for him, um, which is, uh, you know, absolute, absolutely fits in the cheapest chips category, um, effectively a pick in the 30s. Uh, you could say, well, was the, the, you could, you could say we've turned uh, Bruce into Brown. No, um, that's it. So. I mean, any scenario you look at where uh, – you turn uh, Pruce into Brown is is a win for for us, um, definitely. Look, you, uh, you can uh, and people have compared him to Jeremy Cameron. I think they've got very similar numbers in terms of uh, you know um, uh, in terms of their record and and Geelong have uh, um, you know have parted with a lot more um, to get Cameron. So um, yeah, this is this is just uh, excellent work by the club. Um, Brown, um, uh, more than 60 goals in a season, three years in a row. Um, would have been, could have been, nearly was. Coleman, medalist, uh, didn't have a great year this year, but there's no reason to think that uh, uh, he won't be able to return to his um, uh, very best um, in 2021. 
I'll go over to you, Bim Man. Uh, uh, so we're we're bringing in Brown. Uh, I think I heard um, uh, King, uh, ex North Melbourne uh, uh, player and, and commentator, sort of say that uh, Brown and Weedham uh, that it might be an issue because Brown and Weedham are sort of similar type players. They're they're more lead up forwards rather than crash and bash. Uh, how do you see? Uh, ben Brown and the Weed and, uh, and I guess Jackson as well, sort of working in that forward line together. Oh, look, I, I think it's a really good setup. I, I think the sort of lesson from last year actually um, was that I'm not convinced that um, Wiedemann is a um, the traditional sort of lead out full forward. A, a number of times we talk about it on the podcast, but he's maybe he'll get stronger, and of course he probably will as he gets a bit older, but he's not strong enough under the ball in that sort of man-on-man contest in the square, and Brown clearly is. So I see them actually complementing themselves perfectly, and I could see Brown playing that lead-up role, who gets on his bike, he he, um, covers a lot of ground, Brown, and um, um, allowing Wiedemann, one, not to take the best uh, defender, arguably, in the uh, opposition, and maybe he's sort of better off getting up near centre-half forward. And um, as for Jackson, I I don't see that being an issue. He's almost not a um, traditional forward, Jackson. He's, you know, with his athleticism and mobility, he's almost arguably sort of like an athletic half-forward in the mould of obviously different height and all of that, but um, similar to Hannon in that role. I think that his uh, flexibility means that it's sort of not two, three big forwards, it's just the two, um, and assuming, of course, Tom McDonald's not at the club, um, a- allowing Jackson to, um, you know, really be that sort of mobile forward that runs up the ground and does a, a lot of marking up the ground and has the, you know, can go into the ruck, um, obviously, and I can see him next year actually going to the in the midfield at different times. Whilst Max is rucking, um, Jackson, that is. Um, uh, you did mention T Mac, but it looks like um, it looks like T Mac is here to stay. Uh, I don't believe there were any uh, serious suitors for him. We had uh, we heard Collingwood, maybe Essendon, maybe. It doesn't look like anything is happening there. Apparently, Josh Marnie was on uh, Trade Radio uh, uh, not long ago, uh, mentioning that T Mac is going to be staying at the club. So uh, I'll throw it out to you. What, where, where does t- where does T Mac's role at the club now? Do we move him to defence? Is he there in case one of the <laughs> one of Wiedemann and Ben Brown get injured? Is he that third in line in the forward line to get a game? Uh, where to now for T Mac? I'll start with you. Uh, a great Viney. Uh, well, he's got a very big question mark um, <laughs> next to his name, well, doesn't he? Well, we've thought he's been carrying an injury, so. Mm. Look, uh, can he be reinvented elsewhere? I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, it's not like he hasn't played back already. We know what that story is. And, you know, he did have some success down there, but uh, he went forward for a reason. Um, look, I, I yeah, um, I know others have talked about him perhaps slimming down and being on a wing. Personally, I can't see that happening. Um, when you're talking about the... You know, the makeup of the forward line, um, uh, Fritch is in there too in terms of being a marking target. So, um, yeah, I, I, I do see him as, uh, as depth at the moment. Um, I, I just can't see any other, um, uh, any other position for him and I don't see that he's going to get ahead um, of, of, any, of any of the other chances um, for the forward line there. So, look. You know, he'll get his chance in pre-season. Um, 
to to put his name in front of the selectors. But uh, big question mark going forward. Uh, big man, uh, thoughts on T-Mac uh, going forward? Yeah, look, um, for me, it's one of the great mysteries of, of this year because, you know, I was banging on about it all season, basically. It was clear as, you know, clear as day that he was uh, overweight, carrying an injury, whatever you want to call it. So probably a combination of things, um, you know, who knows what. It was definitely carrying too much weight. There was talk early on on Demon Land that maybe that was deliberate and that sort of came up again near the end of the season. Someone mentioned that on Demon Land. I just, that doesn't make any sense. What sort of club in this day and age gets your key forwards to get heavier? Um, but then even if that was the case, it, like they, I can't understand why they didn't play him out of the square last year because his lack of mobility was just disastrously exposed up on the um, half-forward line. Um, and so for me, it all hinges on his um, you know, fitness and mobility. He's not going back. I mean, people, it's easy to forget that the only reason he went forward was a Hail Mary because he was pretty much about to get dropped as a backline because he, you know, he just took on ridiculous kicks and he was the worst turnover merchant pretty much at our club off that half back line. So forget him going back, um, particularly if he's not mobile. Forget him on the wing if he's not mobile. Forget him anywhere, really, if he's not mobile. And that's obviously why no other clubs are interested in him. It's not a, you know, I mean, that's what one of the funny things about this time of year is, you know, talking about players and thinking, well, professional elite football clubs aren't going to suddenly see him as an option if we don't. Um, so, you know, I, I could see if he gets his weight down and he sort of gets back to that physique and athleticism and mobility in 2018, I could actually see the three of the um, – uh, ben Brown, Wiedemann and Tom McDonald potentially playing together is, you know, if, as I say, um, Jackson almost plays a hybrid role, um, but only if he gets back to that sort of mobility. And, I, you know, obviously no doctor, <laughs> but, um, you know, I would fear that it seems to me, I, I worry that he's got chronic injuries. That means that he's not, not going to be able to get back to, to that. I suspect his weight's to do with not being able to do enough running on the track because, Remember last preseason, you know, he was nowhere near the top of the time trial, and you know, ever, ever since he's been at the club, he's been in the top one or two in the time trial. I think one of the other issues uh, in terms of um, uh, uh, trading trading him uh, to another club uh, was his current contract. He is contracted; it's it's quite a large contract, and it would mean that either um, you know they'd have to uh, we, that we might be. Paying some of his um, some of his salary, so uh, you never have like to send someone elsewhere and still have to pay hundred grand, hundred and fifty grand of their salary. And I guess with the uh, with the whole situation with uh, not knowing list sizes, I think today maybe they got a bit of an indication or a natural indication that list sizes might be uh, thirty seven uh, to to a maximum of forty four. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, I think that all that's still a bit up in the air. Um, it's, some, uh, it's some fall from grace though, isn't it? Like I was trying to think about the last sort of player who was, you know, 2018, he was easily in our top five players, wasn't he? Particularly in terms of his influence on, on our likelihood of winning a, a given game of footy. Two years later, we, we, we can't even trade the fella. Um, you know, he was extremely consistent, wasn't he, in 2018? Yeah, almost almost won the the Coleman Medal that year. Missed even even missing a few games. I think if you uh, based on his averages uh, that year, he would have won uh, the Coleman 
Uh, and, you know, you talk about the, the accuracy issues that we had, particularly with Fritch. I mean, T-Mac couldn't miss in no. 2018. He was an absolute dead-eye dick. Yeah. So he really had the – it seemingly had the complete game. So as Big Man says, it's uh, it's it's hard to sort of um, imagine what's happened. Yeah, and his ace in the – the ace in his pack was his mobility. His ability, you had to play a big on him. You know, you couldn't play a medium on him because he was strong. But his ability to get up and down the ground and, you know, Hogan, when both him and Hogan were in the team, both at their sort of best, running their opposition bigs up and down the ground, basically running him into the ground, That you know, that was his, you know, running back with the flight of it, getting him up, um, being a marking option down the line. You know, he was he was a dominant forward. I remember there was a discussion age, back then when he first went up there, Pro-D was talking about his non-natural forward and um, sort of countered by the fact he almost won the Coleman, but I think in history would prove Pro-D pretty right on that one. He's, he didn't look a natural forward when he could, you know, the really good forwards when they are lose a bit of mobility can rely on their, um, you know, I guess their forward smarts. Like the way Fritsch marks the ball, he uses his body so well. T-Mac doesn't seem to have that ability to sort of position his body underneath the ball and, um, yeah, so, yeah, it's a real mystery. Um, uh, yeah, so look, uh, I think we can move on, uh, from, from T-Mac, uh, but th- you know what, there are still, I just read, uh, I'm just keeping an eye on uh, Twitter just in case, uh, any other trades, uh, regarding us come through. Um, there is still two hours, uh, to go. So T-Mac might not, this, <laughs> this conversation might be moot, uh, but I don't think so. Um, I think we were also shopping around, uh, Tom's brother, uh, Oscar, uh, one of your favourite players, uh, B-Man, uh, doesn't look like there are any suitors unless something happens in, 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 at the uh, at the eleventh hour. Uh, Why not uh, try and throw the parents in as steak knives and give them away as a whole family package? Well, well, wasn't Dunkley uh, trying to be used? Uh, our Dunkley uh, used. Uh, to go to the Bombers in order to lure over uh, Dunkley yeah, from the right. Bulldogs. <laughs> so this seems to be a theme. I'm taking the Donald Trump approach to uh, any concerns about OMAC leaving. I'm not conceding. Um, <laughs> I'm refusing to even engage in that discussion. And uh, when he stays at the club, I, will, I look forward to posting my um, big ups for uh, OMAC when he um, gets to stay around for next year. And, yeah, I'm not conceding at all. Is, is he still contracted? Uh, I <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe not. <laughs> just, I'm not sure. I, just on Donald yeah. Trump, and he's copped a lot of grief. But I'd like to see Goodwin ad, ad, um, adopt some Trump tactics. And you know, if we hit the front early in the second quarter, why not hold a press conference and claim that you uh, that we've got the win and we get the four points, and that's it. No more goals. Um, or any goals thereafter shouldn't count. So no, no. I think the, I the go is no, no. I think wait to the end. Wait to we're beaten by say thirty-four points or so, and then, and then say no. I refuse to accept that result. Um, we uh, we won that game. That would be more in line with um, Donny, I think. Yeah, fake goals uh, in the in yeah. the last quarter. Uh, some dead people, dead uh, people were kicking dead goals. Dead people kicking goals. Just, <laughs> just before we move off Brown, the thing that like, I totally 100% concur with what Grapevine has said, I mean, what, why wouldn't you want him at the footy club? Um, and he's everything in some respects that T-Mac's not in terms of natural forward. He's such a natural forward, 
you know, he was um, picked up by North uh, from memory from Werribee on the back of how obvious it was he was a, um, a gun forward. Um, now, obviously, the knock might have been last year and he had some knee problems. Who knows what went on in terms of his relationship with Shaw and all of that situation, which has sounded just terrible, for um, obviously, for Shaw. But um, you make an interesting point, Greg Vaughan, about the comparison to um, Cameron in terms of the stats. The other comparison to, to um, Cameron is he had a woeful year last, uh, sorry, this season, Cameron. He, he could barely, he was terrible. So, you know, of those two, um, you know, Cameron's a terrific footballer, but he's, you know, being paid, what, probably three, two or three times more than what we're going to be paying Brown. Or, um, uh, and, you know, I'm looking forward to Brown. You know, last year I hated the fact that he might have got a few frees against us, but I tell you what, next year um, I'll be, you know, t- hopefully he'll get every one of them and they'll all be deserved. <laughs> Well, uh, he, he doesn't realise uh, he's coming to a team that doesn't get those type of free kicks. So <laughs> <laughs> let's hope uh, let's hope he does. Um, uh, just on uh, Oscar McDonald, uh, he, according to uh, Lucifer Heroes post in the contracts thread uh, on Tuesday, uh, Oscar, uh, James Jordan, and Bedford uh, do not have contracts yet. Mm, so they uh, their contracts expire uh, this year. Um, so hmm, that's interesting. Uh, there were a few other guys that we were sort of shopping around. I, I believe Neil Bullen's name was thrown out. Uh, Jeddah's name was thrown out. Um, uh, Vandenberg's thrown out. Um, obviously no one biting there, but they are also, they're, they're contracted uh, uh, until the end of next year. So... Interesting, and T-Mac, as we are talking, is, is still has two years to run on his contract. Um, so It's, yeah. it's a, it'd be a surprise if Bedford um, didn't get another season. I mean, he started, what, well, didn't he play the first game of this season? Yeah, played the first game, kicked a goal. Near the end. I think. Or, or, I saw uh, him at North Melbourne at that practice game at North Melbourne, which seems like a, um, a long time <laughs> ago time. now, pre-COVID. Back- yeah, back when we could uh, breathe into people's faces. <laughs> yeah, I could yell. <laughs> and he played all right that day. He, he was pretty neat the way he moved the ball. And, um, yeah, um, that would be unusual. And the other one, James Jordan, am I right in thinking he's not played a senior game? Or? No, he hasn't yet. And and 2020 didn't do him any favours in there not being a you know, not being a, a second-tier yeah, uh, competition. Yeah. Um, you know, that's all coming back next year. But what is it what's not helping their situation is the fact that the list sizes are going to come down uh so they might just be unlucky um that's that's the way it is and you know i'm not sure what the situation with uh you know guys like lockhart uh obviously that we i think clubs are going to be able to have three or four rookies so um you know we've got lockhart uh, mitch brown i mean where does where does getting ben brown uh leave mitch brown um who, who's a rookie, uh, do we keep him on as a, a rookie? I, I I like Mitch Brown. I thought he was well ahead of uh, Tommy Mack. Oh, uh, love, not love. 2018 Tommy Mack, but 2020 Tommy Mack for sure. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, he was – I thought he was terrific in the last two or three games. Uh, he got he got Brownlow votes in the last game. And if, if those two stay in uh, uh, Brown and T-Mack – um, where does that leave Harry Petty? 
I mean, how, well, how much how much key forward depth do we need? Well, you, you, <laughs> would, think, you, you would think they're going to move uh, Petty back to the back line, um, considering if Omac's not there, he's going to have to sort of go back and and be that. Um, you know, the backup for, for May, Lever, if they get injured, uh, uh, you know, uh, Smith. And just to be clear, Andy, there's no guarantee OMAC won't be there. I, I fully expect to see him there round one next season and look forward to it. So, Oh, yeah, look, we look, uh, look some of those guys might get a contract. We get, we gave guys like like Hibbard, Jones, Hunt, were all given, one, you know, an extension of one extra year on their contracts. Um, Hunt got two, uh, I think, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, sorry, I think Hunt did. You're right, Hunt until the end of 2022. But but Hibbard, we gave a year to. Jones, we gave a year to. Oh, let's quickly talk about that because these things sort of happened in a, in our sort of our break. Uh, Jones, um, what do you think? What do you think of that? Giving him, uh, you would think they're doing that to try and attempt to get him to to 300, but it still requires him to play 14 games. Is he capable of playing 14 games, or what? what what's happening? What's the go there? Uh, what do grapevine? I'll start with you. I think it's going to be a struggle, um, but I support the club doing it. And I think that even if you took away, took the milestone out of the picture, I, I, I don't want them to act for sentimental reasons. But I think that um, I think that uh, uh, he's worth signing up. He was worth giving an extra year to anyway. It's not going to come at great expense, and. Um, I think he is very valuable depth. I think he's going to struggle to play fourteen games unless, um, uh, you know, unless there are injuries. But uh, in terms of the um, the seniority and the leadership that he provides, um, you know, when you weigh it all up together, absolutely worth having one more year um, of Jonesy about the place. I, I noticed the people have sort of been saying, "Oh, I'll go into a coaching role." Has he actually said that he wants to coach? It seems to be the default position for every great or good player who's coming towards the end of their career. I get him as a coach, but I don't know that really all of them or many of them even want to coach. Well, not everyone's suited to, to it. Um, but, you know, it's, mm. it's, it's not something I think you can sort of – but I mean, you can has Jones specifically, I don't recall him ever saying that he wants to become a coach post footy. So, anyway, yeah. um, to answer your question, uh, I'm very glad that the club gave him the additional year. Be man? Yeah, default would be a good name for a really critical Demon Land podcast, wouldn't it? Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, look, I, I think one of the things I find not, I guess, frustrating is probably the wrong word, but at this time of year is. Exactly as they say, great for now. Back the club in. I don't, you know, if they think he's good to go um, on for another season, I mean, they're in the position to make these calls. You know, of course, you know, I can have a view on whether I think, you know, we bring an Isaac Smith in or Brown, and um, but you know, I'll back the club in. I think what's the downside would be my question. Um, my query is is um, his pace, and it's not so much his pace. It's just that if you have Tomlinson in the side, you've got him in the side. Um, Brayshaw slow, um, Tom McDonald if he's in the side. Um, suddenly you've got you know four or five players who aren't very quick. You can carry one or two, but you can't really carry four or five, six. You start to get exposed by teams like um, you know the Saints and the Dogs. And um, but yeah, why not? And I, the other thing I think that's interesting about his role at the club um, is 
you know, that talk about the schism between um, Viney and um, Oliver and I, I see him as a bit of a, a sort of bridge between those groups potentially. He's a bit older. I don't think he's going to get pulled, sucked into that stuff, whereas Maxie sort of started his career with Viney and, um, you know, he's been around a long time. I think, you know, it's sort of we've talked about it for a long time about how we lost uh, James McDonald, but those sorts of players who are part of the club for a long period of time bring a lot more than what you see on game day, I think, to the to a footy club. Um, uh, well, you brought up pace, um, which is uh, something that uh, I would like to uh, talk about, actually. Um, uh, we were going to, well, we, it seemed like we we had put our hat firmly in the ring uh, for, and you mentioned Isaac Smith. Um, uh, Biman, maybe start with you. Um, were you keen on Isaac Smith, uh, bringing him to the club, considering his age? I think he's 31, about to turn 32. It looked like our deal to get him was a three-year deal, which would have brought him up to sort of 35 years old uh, or 34, 35 at the end of um, his his career at the D's if he lasted that long uh what were your thoughts there and just in general thoughts on trying to bring some pace into the club because it's something we're certainly lacking someone on that other wing I think everyone we've put on that other wing hasn't worked out we bought in Langdon for for the um for one side and, and that's worked beautifully um thoughts on Isaac Smith oh, I was super keen for him to come I mean you know it, it's so frustrating to see sort of the free agency work with Geelong who have just been beaten the grand final be able to pick up a player like Isaac Smith. No knock on him, I'm wanting to go to Geelong. But, um, you know, that's not the sort of model of equalisation I wouldn't have thought. But, yeah, I was a huge, hugely keen for him to come. I mean, he's he's relatively quick. I wouldn't say he's super quick, but he, he carries the ball forward. Um, he is a natural winger, um, so he would um, complement Langdon. Um, but... He's also a really excellent kick, and as as I've mentioned many a time last year or this season, the you know that's our biggest weakness is um, our kicking in, in my view. And he he would give us pace, outside run, um, good meters gained, uh, and he's an excellent kick who gets really good depth um, into the for, you know into that last kick into the forward line. And he's got the skill that you know drives me nuts. How few demon players have it of weighting the ball properly to the forwards advantage and so yeah I was really keen for him to come to the club and I think it's a big problem for us last year we had at one point Brayshaw um, and Jones pretty much rotating off that wing and they were just so painfully slow uh, and unfortunately Tom Watson is is <laughs> about the same pace as Jones so you know he we brought him in for the wing uh, doesn't appear that uh, he's a natural fit for that so that yeah, I was really disappointed we couldn't get him. Um, but, you know, I, I, I wonder whether Jordan, for instance, maybe that's why he's on the outer um, potentially is because by all accounts he's not super quick. There was also, uh, you know, talk of uh, Phillips from Collingwood and uh, Pollock from North. Um, doesn't seem like, well, there was a bit of, there were sort of whispers about them, but there didn't seem to be anything solid. So. Um, I, I doubt anything's going to happen in the in the last in the last few minutes of trade week. So yeah, we don't have part that. Of the, uh, part of the problem with Pollock, I think, was he's on he's on pretty good coin, and I think yeah, better coin than perhaps he's worth. So 
I think there might have been a bit of reluctance to take on such a hefty pay packet um, uh, on on that front. Um, so, yeah, it looks like um, uh, it looks like we're we're sort of looking internal for that, and um, not everyone's really happy with <laughs> with the options. We've already seen some of them tried and um, haven't worked. Um, so. Yeah. Oscar Baker's the yeah I Baker. I mean, if he Baker showed some glimpses, yeah, and he had a sort of interrupted preseason this year, hasn't really had a good run at it. I think he had osteopubitis, maybe or something, at the beginning of this season. If he gets a good preseason under his belt, I'm not hundred percent convinced to be honest, but he was really good in that. That I think was at the Saints game or or one of them, uh, one of those late season games. So he might be an option. Um, he's a bit like Hannon. I mean, is that he just he goes in and out of the game and doesn't get enough possessions. I wonder if something left field like playing it. You know, Jackson could even play on the wing almost. I know it sounds a bit sort of out there, but he's he's so athletic that um, you know I could see him basically play, playing on a wing. Mm. Short of getting another Langdon, and boy, imagine having two of him. Yeah, uh, Smith really would have been perfect to to fill that position for. Probably the next two years, the third might have turned into, um, you know, turned to, to mush a little bit. But, um, yeah, if we'd, if we'd been able to get two solid years from a three-year deal, that would have been um, would have been fine by me. And as you say, great finding about Brown. Like, I mean, where's the – how anyone could say that Smith wouldn't have helped us, I, I just don't get that. I mean, it's a no-brainer, yeah. I would have thought. So. Yeah. Um, just on, you mentioned um, Petty. I reckon it's a really interesting one because for me, when I think of the, the footy team, he's really the only standout player um, who sort of didn't get into the side this year for whatever it was obviously injury. But when I think about who who's underneath the best 14, 15 players, I, you know, I worry we drop off the shelf a bit. When I think about who might come up and end up being a really sort of top line you know, maybe an A-grade player pushing for All-Australian who's not in the team. He's the only one really that, for me, jumps to to my mind. So um, it'll be really important, one, hopefully that he does reach that potential, but two, where they end up playing him. And as you say, you know, we've got enough forward, so maybe it is going back but um, and playing that almost full-back role that um, Oscar McDonald was playing and Tomlinson playing. And uh, Tomlinson's not a defender, I don't think so. Um, uh, all right, let's uh, let's just we'll quickly uh, run through uh, a couple of the pick swaps because I think this sort of highlights uh, 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 Josh Marnie uh, where where I think he he shines the most in in trade week and that's with these uh, pick swaps with other clubs to sort of uh, you know some bringing picks that we can use to you know, to on trade for other players and the, and in turn. Uh, what we've done a bit later with Sydney, where we've uh, we've bought in, we've given them two picks and traded up uh, to pick twenty five, uh, which sort of replaced uh, the pick twenty six, which we gave to Brown. So it started with uh, with Brisbane. Uh, we we got from Brisbane pick forty three, uh, which we then later used um, uh, in the pick swap with Sydney. Um, which we'll talk about soon. And we also got Brisbane's future fourth round pick, which we end up using in the uh, Ben Brown swap. So uh, that sort of cost us our pick 53 this year, which 
you would imagine we probably wouldn't be using and our future third round pick next year. So so I think that that was sort of a, a good pick swap. You, you sort of look at these and say, well, what's this all about? But they've obviously got a plan in mind. We then did a pick swap with Adelaide. Uh, we swapped uh, pick 33 and pick 50. Uh, we, we sorry, we got pick 33, um, which we ended up um, which we ended up using um, which we ended up using uh, for the brown uh, pick and um, uh, pick uh, pick 50 we got in. Uh, and we've uh, sent away a couple of our next year picks, a second round pick and a fourth round pick uh, in 2021. So uh, these picks, we looked at them early in the week and said, what's this about? But we've actually used it. Uh, it's just come in handy to help us get Brown. Uh, let's talk about the the Hannon swap. Uh, what did we get for him? Um, we got a third round pick, a 2021 third round pick. Uh, for Hannon. Uh, sad to see Hannon go, but he obviously wanted to uh, explore his his options. Uh, look, Hannon, I think he goes missing in games. I, I like it when some of the things that he does do can take a nice mark, uh, can kick a goal, Did a <laughs> helped us win a game in an elimination final with a beautiful kick, but really just I don't think does enough. A little bit injury prone, particularly in the preseason. Uh, for my likeling, I don't th- see it as a huge loss for us. Um, uh, Big man? Yeah, I mean, I always sort of had a soft spot for Hannon, but as you say, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. He sort of just doesn't do, doesn't get enough possessions, doesn't kick enough goals. And um, yeah, he's a smart, smart fella. And it seems like he'd be an excellent clubman and, you know, good to have around the club. And just never real like he he played some really important games and he always had that little that knack of kicking some important goals, um, but yeah he drifted in and out too much and like many of our sort of half forwards who um, um, who just don't impact the game regularly enough. Yeah, cameos rather than consistency. Yeah, really. Yeah, um, and look and the, the cameos can... the cameos were really good. He had a he had a good leap. Um, yep. He knew how to run and make space um, and not a bad kick for goal either. So, um, yeah, it's sad to see him go. But I, th- I think that um, I think the third round pick is probably about right. I know people said they gave him up too cheaply, but you've got to, you've got to put the shoe on the other foot in these situations and, and say, well, what would you be prepared to give up if we were getting Hannon in right now? And... Um, you know, would you be willing to part with more than a third rounder? Well, no, probably not. Well, exactly. Um, I mean, that's the part of the frustration and the sort of conversation often around this time of year. I mean, he's probably what you'd argue in our team, he'd be in the 15 to 22 mark and we're a team that didn't make the finals uh, this season. So, you know, we're not going to get a huge amount for, for a player who's not in our best, say, 15 or yeah. even a you know, top 10. You know, I'm just seeing here, we picked him up with... Um, with pick 46, which is mm-hmm. um, probably about the same, isn't it? And then I think back to last year and Dean Kent went to St Kilda for 63, I think. so. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, Gravani, that he's the sort of similar player, isn't he? I mean, it was a, you could see him going to St Kilda and doing well, but I'm not shocked that he's sort of also um, in still, and out of games. Yeah, doing fringe stuff. Yep. Again, a cameo player, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, the next one, uh, Bruce, 
Um, I think this was actually fantastic. Uh, look, if you would have said uh, you could trade out Proust for, for pick 31, uh, you'd be pretty wrapped. And if you then said that turned into Brem. Ben Brown, you'd be even more wrapped. I think that's well done. I, I, I think we we won out of that one. But I guess uh, GWS did have a, a, an urgent need to to bring in a ruckman. Uh, he wasn't getting the advantage, you know. He wasn't getting the the opportunity. Sorry, at, at the days, particularly with Jackson coming in uh, behind Max. Um, so yeah, look, it's you know fair enough that we allowed him to to sort of explore his options, and I think we did really, really well in terms of the pick we got for it. And then when you put it all together in a you know, trade week together, I think I think we did fantastic out of that, and I don't think anyone can be unhappy with that. Great Viney. No, I mean, how many games did Bruce play? Couldn't be more than a handful, could it? He played the, that first game where he kicked two or three goals against Sydney. Against Sydney, uh, performed sort of admirably this year. Yeah, um, in a couple of games but, yeah, when Max was out, <laughs> uh, which I was wrapped about because he he did he did play really well. Um, and um, no, I just yeah, I'm trying to think whether in over the history of trading and drafting whether anyone's has seen their value improved so much on the back of so few games. I think it's, yeah, I think it's fantastic what's happened. I think it's right place, right time uh, with that one. But look, as you say, he played well when he got the chance and so that's all you can really ask for as a player. Um, so, you know, when he when he had the opportunity, he took it and good luck to him. Yeah. He's uh, going um, He's going to ruck for the next few years. And uh, it's it's a win win all round. Yeah, totally. And I mean, when, I can't recall. I might have said it on the um, the last podcast, or um, I find it curious the sort of near universal criticism and critique of his decision to come to the club, um, given that um, he'd have to get past Maxi, um, and then we bring uh, Jackson to the club, and then so he's behind nominally behind Jackson in that lineup for being rough. Because he was clear about why he was doing it, and he made it clear that his decision was not about getting necessarily um, game time. It was about learning how to ruck, and he thought the best way to do that um, was to come to Melbourne and to ruck under Stafford and um, you know learn under Stafford and what he saw was rightly the best ruckman in the um, in the AFL. And um, you know it made sense to me at the time. Uh, there was any number of commentators just saying how weird a decision was, and it makes sense now. He's got the payoff. He's done the two years of work. He's come. Burgess has got him super fit. Um, now he's gone to a, um, a finals contending side who will be much better next season. They've had a, a, a terrible run of things uh, this season, um, who will play finals. He'll be their number one ruck on good coin. And uh, as you say, it's a total win-win. I, I think that um, it was smart footy by him and smart by us to have that insurance and you know, well played all round, I reckon. Are you worried um, now we don't have, he was sort of that backup Ruckman, uh, you know, and I don't like to sort of say this, but if Max goes down, Jackson goes down. Well, Tom McDonald. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, look, but you, you know, you still, even if, you know, disaster happens, with all these tall forwards now, um, you know, um, we could work it out. Yeah. And particularly if... Um, if the other, if Mitch Brown stays on the list, then um, we got more than enough cover that uh, that you know Ben Brown will be able to still stay in the forward line, 
yeah, yeah. we won't be able to, won't have to empty out the forward line to to fill the ruck spot. No, and, and I mean this the sort of discussion as well around you know I, I think Max um, is the best ruckman I've seen in footy probably since Teasdale, um, and um, but you know pretty it's the sort of a pendulum around the role of the ruckman. If you look at most of the clubs, don't really have that bigger ruckman. You know you think of the way the dogs use English. He's not even that tall English and. Um, um, Brody, whatever if the pies is not that tall, is he? So, you know, you can, as you say, uh, Grey Brown, you can always bring in a sort of a medium player. And I always thought um, when he was given the opportunity, Wiedemann was pretty good in the ruck. Um, yeah. So, you know, you could always run a player like him. And he's a player I'd like to see get a bit of time in the ruck because I don't know what happened last season in terms of his appetite for the contest, but it seemed to sort of, sort of drift away. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, we've got plenty of other options, I think. My 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 issue with um, my issue with using forwards uh, as that spare ruck is whenever we've done that, it's left whoever's left at home at forward in forward is double triple teamed, and we, that's when we always give up those young time goals, and the ball just goes straight out of our forward line, straight down the other end of the ground. So I, I'd like to. That's why I'd like Jackson to sort of play um, forward and into the into the middle uh, when when Max uh, comes off the ground and leave Ben Brown and Wiedemann uh, up up forward. And you don't have to have uh, you don't have to have Jackson in the forward line the whole time. He is mobile. He can go up further up the ground onto a onto a wing or into the middle as well. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like leaving one forward one out. It it, it doesn't work well with <laughs> for us uh, based on past experience. Um, well, that's the the end of our, our our trade unless something happens in in the in the last uh, in the last couple of hours. But uh, uh, a couple of things I want to talk about uh, before we go. Um, there was a massive thread going on for a while. I'm not sure how involved you were. I sort of ducked in every now and again, but it involved uh, 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 Clayton Oliver. And uh, that you know, early on, before the trade period even started, there was uh, those rumours that he wasn't happy at the club. He wasn't happy with where he finished in the best and fairest. I still believe that all rumours blown completely out of proportion. But they, there was nothing going. It wasn't going away. You'd hear some of the media mention it. I'm not sure whether I'm mentioning it based on some of the uh, Melbourne supporters online or, or not even the Melbourne supporters, the, the Carlton supporters who thought they were going to get him uh, for a steal, uh, you know, get him for nothing. Uh, are you worried about Clary? He, he has a year left on his contract. Um, if we don't perform next year, there's a very good chance that he might seek um, you know, some success elsewhere. Are you worried about that grapevine? Well, no, um, no more so than I am about uh, Christian Petraka or anyone else on the list potentially going elsewhere. Um, I think the Clayton Oliver stuff, I didn't, I must say, I didn't read the whole thread. I read bits and pieces along the way, mm-hmm. and I think it was mostly fake news. And I saw even um, journalists in the media sort of saying, this Clary yeah. stuff is, where's it come There's from? Nothing. Well, they were all saying we've spoken to Melbourne, we've spoken to his management, but that's look, not always the the, the, the end of the story uh, with those no, things. But and look, if he's frustrated at not playing finals, then good. 
the players should be frustrated at not playing yeah, finals. I'm frustrated, and, but I, I can't uh, leave. <laughs> and I don't think having frustrations um, at those things necessarily translates into discontent um, or that you're about to walk out the door. So, um, you know, uh, it's the same with this sort of riff with Viney. I don't know that there's really too much um, to that either. Jack became a father this year and that changes things. Um, there's a hub life. Hub life wouldn't have wouldn't have been great for everyone. No, either. and look, you know, those first few months of of parenting are very trying. Um, so it, it would have been really tough for him. But go back, um, you know, uh, well, it's two years now. Um, in two thousand and eighteen, that midfield group was tight as anything, and they loved each other. Anyone who follows them on social media, Oliver Petraka. Brayshaw and Viney and, and Max um, and even Harms to an extent, they were very tight. And so I, I, don't, I don't think there's a rift. Um, I don't think Oliver's on the cusp of walking out. And um, if we have a really bad year next year, then sure, you know, players might look elsewhere. But as I say, I don't think that he's at any greater risk of going than, uh, than, than others. Well, the reason I say that he is a greater risk is because his uh, contract is yeah. <laughs> out of contract at the end of next year. Petraka still uh, has another year on his contract. Um, and, um, you know, Petraka's sort of taken his game to the next level. I'd like to see Oliver do sort of do that as well. Uh, we know how good he is, but we want to oh, see him sort He's of pretty at the level around. already. Yeah, but just... A bit more consistent consistency. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. look, I th- and I think people, uh, Demon Landers, are very, very uh, harsh in their criticism of him. And I understand there are he can still elevate his game. There's no doubt about it. He can go up another level or two, and getting consistency is important. And um, doing more of what we saw a bit of this year, which is um, bursting out of the packs and getting clear mm. before um, before disposing of it, but. Um, He's been playing at a very high level for what is it three three years or four years now. So um, yeah, I, I think some of the scrutiny of him is is very unfair. Um, uh, B man, uh, thoughts on on Oliver? Uh, I was sort of that situation. Working backwards is that yeah, I totally agree. I think that I don't think consistency is an issue. He's been super consistent. No, um, yeah, I think the thing that I'd like to see actually is elevate to that next. Level yeah, and in order, yeah, in in order to do that, I think I, I want to see him kicking some goals and um, kicking clutch goals and you know pushing forward and and um, because he's a good set sh- shot for goal, he's a smart round goals. He's um, I just and as Greg Viney said, it was great to see him getting more uh, meters from the contest and moving forward out of the contest. In fact, a curious thing just quickly about the Bluey was that he polled better in the first half of the season. And I and I felt that he played much better in the second half of the season. So I'm not quite, you know, the, who knows what that's um, mm. about. But in terms of the, um, I, a couple of things is, I think if he's frustrated not making finals, as Greg Viney said, good. So are we all. Um, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he wanted to leave if we don't make finals next year. I, I mean, and good, you know, fair play to him. Um, I'll be disappointed if we don't make top four next season. Um, where we are in where we should be in our development with um, we're coming into his sixth season next season for Goodwin. That's where we should be. Um, that's where we should be aiming for. Um, so he'll have every, every right to be disappointed if we're not there. Um, the rift, who knows? But I think that 
you know, it frustrates me. You know, a group of 40-odd blokes, testosterone young blokes, there's always going to be conflict. And I think that's the challenge for a coach is to make sure that all works. And, again, I go back to maybe that's the importance of having an old head like um, Jones around the club to say, look, you know, fellas, let's think of the uh, uh, the long goal here and, um, you know, get our heads down. But you're always going to get conflict. Uh, the, the final thing I'd say about that whole situation is it's just classic 2020, you know, social media palaver, you know, all of that's likely to be driven by managers and people who want to know stuff. And, you know, it's just, it's just the whole industry of gossip that sort of an ecosystem of, of gossip really. And, um, you know, if I was a player manager and I wanted to drive up my players contract for next season, I'd be sort of putting it out there on a footy forum and a bit here and a bit there and word up Sam McClure. And next thing you know, you know, there's an issue. So, you know, I don't think it's any different to what's happened for footy for 150 years, really. We just know know about it um, a bit more. There's a huge vacuum uh, to fill in the footy media because the landscape is so big and wide these days. And, you know, and I know that this happened before Trade Week, but because it's just so many column inches or screen inches and airtime hours to fill that, it's a wonder that they don't actually go through every single player in the competition um, in in these sort of discussions and deliberations and yeah. speculations. Because Each there's a manager trying to steal a bit of that airtime. Yeah. So uh, yeah. the other ones uh, that we I was very happy that we've uh, you know signed up uh, Rivers and Cozzy. Uh, they've extended their contracts um, to the end of 2023. I'd love to see them get Luke Jackson sort of over the line uh, sooner rather than later because I don't want he's, – he's out of contract at the end of next year and you just know uh, both Fremantle and West Coast are going to be coming hard for for that signature. So uh, he's one we really need to, to lock in. And um, I think we also need to be successful uh, for that to, to occur too because uh, otherwise uh, we could be losing him. Um, it's funny, isn't it? Because people said the same thing about Hogan, that we're going to need success to keep him, and yet he stuck with us throughout the journey to success. But when we finally got there, he yeah. basically left when, at the time, it seemed like we are on the cusp of potentially winning a flag. So yeah. um, it doesn't always work out the way you think it, it would. There were a lot of other issues sort of yes. involved no, there. Of but, but I get your point in terms of we always thought we were going to lose him and uh, we didn't lose him because of uh, a lack of success. There were the, the other issues, I think, exactly. uh, going exactly. in Jesse's life uh, was, is what uh, got him. But I'm happy. Look, I, look, I hope he can turn things around uh, now at his third uh, club, um, GWS. So best of luck to, to Jesse. Mm. Uh, on that um, last last two things are uh, two two. Uh, I mean, past look, players. sorry, just before you go on, Hogan turned out to be very good business too, didn't it? Oh, the... when you think about what we got and what we gave away, and you know where he's ended up, and look, he still might play well for GWS, and I'm sure most uh, Melbourne fans would would uh, would wish him all the best for that. So, but well, when you when you talk about the Proust trade and how we sort of turned uh, him into a that what we did and effectively got Ben Brown out of it. It's the converse has happened uh, at uh, Frio for what they gave up uh, to get Hogan to what they ended up um, getting for for him. Um, yeah, that was um, 
That was the exact opposite yeah. situation. Yeah. But And we ended up, it didn't look so great maybe in the first few weeks of or first couple of months of um, 2019, but we ended up, of course, getting May, who is everyone yeah. loves May now. So, But I guess with that great one, you never quite know what, you know, it's easy to think backwards, but who knows if he'd stayed in Melbourne, he might have sort of addressed some of his issues or um, and thrived and, um, you know, it appeared not to be a great move after all for him going back to Perth and his mates and all of that stuff. So, you know, I think there's a real danger in rewriting history, not saying you were then, but, you know, I think that, you know, it's hard. It's like what's going to um, Port Adelaide is that just because he, he didn't thrive there and uh, he's retired doesn't mean that he wouldn't have thrived if he'd stayed at Melbourne, for instance, you know. Mm. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, in you know, we've done pretty well out of it and, geez, it would be hard now to think of Melbourne Footy Club without Steve May at the um, – Stephen May at the club. Uh, a couple of uh, uh, ex-players uh, from uh, from the – from the 90s slash early 2000s, are back at the club. Uh, you boys happy with uh, Adam Uze finally coming to the club as an assistant coach and maybe a coach in waiting um, one day. Uh, Great Viney, you you and I, we, we have some history with the ooze. In particular, we, we claim that we... Um, we claim that we created the, the, the ooze. Uh, in the red seats, uh, I'm sure there's probably other people that claim that too, but I'm positive that it was us. Uh, do, I believe. Don't you have a press clipping somewhere that uh, I have? I've been. I'm looking for it. I haven't come across it yet. But just to explain to the Demonland listeners out there, at some point in the early 1990s, and I can't remember why, but I wrote to the Sunday Age when they had on the back page of the lift out was the pst section yes. P S S T. Yes. And I said that uh, I said that you and I had come up with the ooze cry because we'd always been jealous of the wolf that accompanied Val Perovic, and uh, they duly printed it, and we did get the credit for it. But as I said to you the other week, I honestly cannot remember whether um, whether we actually did come up with it. But no, I can't I, for the life no, of me. No. I can't for the life of me imagine why I would have claimed it. Um, no, we were there. We used to sit in the red seats, those those couple of seats before the fence. Yep. Remember, we used to always sit there, and that was sort of on the opposite end in the red seats from, from where the cheer squad was. Uh, and there wasn't a lot of people sit unless it was a packed house. There weren't a lot of people sitting where we sat, and uh, we started it. We would go ooze, and then slowly it just sort of. Yeah, you know, got more people around us started saying it, and more people, and then more. I'm telling you, it was us. Well, <laughs> look, the memory. the uh, challenge is out there. If you think that you created ooze rather than uh, rather than Andy and I, then by all means, come forward. We'd love to meet you. Uh, no uh, I, think, I think it was me from the top of the Ponsford stand. <laughs> no, no, definitely started in the red seats. Right. Definitely started in the red seats. Um, yeah, so Uze uh, Gravine, are you happy uh, with that? He's got good pedigree. Yeah. Um, if you have a look um, at the last, I, oh, I saw it the other day on, on Twitter, the last five, six, seven, eight years of coaches, I can't remember what the exact number, but it could be eight, uh, have all come from uh, you know, Clark, uh, back to when Clarkson won his premierships with Hawthorne. I think almost every year, maybe bar one or maybe every year, was a disciple of Clarkson. Mm. 
doesn't mean you're going to be a successful coach, but it seems to be a good pedigree. Yeah, well, I think I think I might have read on the forum that uh, the club was chasing Adam last year, even. Yep, we but were. Uh, Clarkson was obviously very keen to to hold on. Um, but we've got him to see it. I'm delighted, and I know a lot of people have also been saying, "Well, um, you know, such a beautiful kick of the ball might be able to um, might be able to teach the players a thing or two on that front too." Well, that'd be good too. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I think it's great. I don't think you can teach. I don't think you can teach that. You can maybe teach someone for a set shot to, to improve their, their technique, but I, I don't think you can improve in, in game. Uh, mm. you, know, you can if A little bit technique. of technique. You can improve technique, you can, but the <laughs> problem is teaching a 22-year-old, you know, good technique who's, come to AFL with rubbish technique. That's the yeah, issue. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. Look, I, I, these things need to be done on their merit, but you can't deny that there's a bit of romance attached to it uh, because uh, the Ooze was such a popular player um, and such a good player over over a long period of time. And by all accounts, a ripping bloke as well. So, you know, who knows? I mean, the only measure I've got is that uh, he seeming, uh, how would you know whether he's good at, his job other than the fact that um, Hawthorne wanted him to stay and didn't release him from memory. They he, they wouldn't release him from that contract. Um, but he also, he re-signed, when, last year when this happened, not only, I don't think it was that they released, but he signed a, f- a further few years to his contract, yeah, yeah. which he's since broken. Yeah. Um, so if you back that up with the fact that we've kept Burgess, which was a really strange situation because I remember I think we talked about or you might have mentioned it on a podcast that it wasn't clear whether Burgess signed more than a one-year contract. Um, uh, the original thing was definitely one year. Yeah. Well, everything I read in the beginning was one year or it really didn't, wasn't clear, but then, but then there were even rumours. There were rumours very early on in his tenure that someone was already trying to poach him before it yeah, his back overseas, basically. An overseas soccer club was trying to uh, poach him. Yeah, so. Arsenal. So. No, he's come from Arsenal. No, sorry, or Liverpool maybe. I think there was rumours that, yeah, I mean, as it turned out with COVID, it was probably a genius move for him to be. But then there was pretty strong talk that on Demon Land that Port Adelaide were into him, the Crows mm-hmm. were into him. Um, he's from South Australia, isn't he? Is he a- yeah, yes. I, think, I, think, I think it was the Crows because he was originally at Port um, – at some stage. Um, so I think Adelaide were going hard for him, I, I believe. I'm not 100% sure, but I think his family is in Adelaide. Um, so it's a good it's a good chance that he might leave at the end of next year, maybe the year after. I don't know. It depends on how many years he has on his contract. But You know, and you think about our injuries this year, um, it can't just be dumb luck that we uh, had such a good run. Particularly with um, soft tissue injuries, like how few soft tissue injuries. Yeah, it's extraordinary. The, uh, ab- absolutely great results um, in comparison to everyone else. So, Touching wood. Yes. And Touching wood. I recall Chuckles. What was our last fitness guy called? Dave, uh, Dave Misson. Dave Chuckles Misson um, um, saying when he first started at Melbourne, it, it took 
takes two, three, four seasons to um, build up um, a fitness level for an AFL player, like multiple pre-seasons, which is why it's so problematic for a player to um, have interrupted pre-seasons at all. Um, so, you know, someone like Oscar Baker needs to string a couple together. So I think that probably sort of points to the importance of Burgess at least having another season to build on the pre-season that the base that he put down uh, last year. And, and I wonder whether... With all that's happened this year and, um, you know, in some ways we can bin this whole year and the footy season and, the, you know, the players hopefully will really launch into um, the, the, the fitness that, you know, the pre-season work that he'll no doubt put into them um, and maybe the real payoff is not his first season, um, it's his second season and, you know, if he does leave, you know, at least we've got those two seasons under, under you know, at the club. And just lastly, boys, because I know we've, you've all got to fly, um, uh, Brad Green joins the club on the board as sort of a uh, as a director of football um, or sort of the liaison with the football department, someone on the board. Um, what do you think of that decision? Uh, I don't know what credentials he's got in terms of that, but I, I, I like the idea of having someone um, on the board that has some some sort of football I'm not sure as I said I don't know what his uh, credentials about being on a, on a on a board of directors is but I, I do like that there is someone with footy knowledge that can liaise with the footy club but I'm not sure how that's all going to work uh, uh be man uh yeah again I don't, don't know his um sort of credentials I do recall some discussion last year about concerns of not having enough footballers you know people with footy experience mm. forward. and is Liam Shelley he's involved isn't he I think he used to. I was going to say the same thing. I think he used to be. I don't think he is anymore. Um, but I personally think it's it's really important to have those ex-players who have got a passion for the club because that's how you knit clubs together. And I think it's mm. sort of you talk a lot about, you know, footy's business and all of that, but it's not quite business, is it? It's, it's more than that. All the romance of Uze coming back, you can see the points to that. And someone like Brad Green, particularly with what he went through and the club getting around him and players like Neitz who are super important. And I can't recall whether, again, it might have been you, Andy, an interview you might have done or I'm not sure, but there was discussion from a player, um, maybe it was on ABC, about a player who had played at multiple clubs and um, the question was how they see him. One of them was Melbourne. I just can't think of who it was. And he's saying that um, Melbourne have a fantastic, it was from that era, and Melbourne have a fantastic past players group. Yeah, really- we might have been with that uh, Rod Grinter. Mm. Um, he, he's, in, he's involved in that. Um, yeah, and they do. They I do a follow- super job. Yeah, they, they get all the guys back. I'd actually like to sit, maybe try and get uh, Leon Shelley onto the podcast. Uh, he follows us on Instagram, so uh, it'd be very easy to sort of uh, chat with him or get him to come on because I'd like to see about that involvement, uh, you know, with uh, what his thoughts about board sort of stuff um, and how that sort of all works. Um, and that's all part of building a culture, isn't it? I mean, culture is sort of it's a, it's a bit of a thrown around as a motherhood statement, but it, it is so critical and it's sort of got so many different elements. It's not one thing and you've got to have a lot of things right. But, you know, I think the thing for my whole life of barracking for Melbourne is the consistent thing has been boards and admin all over the shop and it seems pretty stable for the last period of time and I just don't think there's any footy clubs ever who's successful without a stable administration and board and, you know, all of that stuff, all your ducks um, lined up in that space. So, you know, I think it's super important. All right. And with that, um, I think we'll uh, we'll end it, uh, end it there. Um, 
the thank you, uh, uh, Great Viney, for, for joining us. Uh, thank you, Bim Man. Uh, we'll, we'll, I think we'll be back um, just after the draft. Uh, when is the draft? The draft is the 7th of uh, December. I've, uh, I've, we, there's a good chance we're going to be getting um, uh, Jason Taylor on again. So, uh, Great Viney, I'll speak to you about that and uh, hopefully we can have a chat because it's always good sort of speaking to him particularly when we don't have someone, a pick in the real pointy end of the draft, uh, to learn about these players that we get with like pick 25 and, and, and those picks that we've got remaining after that. So it'd be good to have a chat about that. All right, guys, uh, we'll, we'll catch you uh, later on. All right, thank you.